touchline takes. Touchline Takes Podcast. Excuse me for being excited, people. Yeah, so um, I finally downloaded TikTok. I thought you were going to say Tinder for a second. I'm like, excuse me? No, TikTok, no. which might be worse. I think it's worse. I, I've I've downloaded it a few times, and then I'm like, uh, I like see some things, and I'm like, I don't really like this. You know, I understand that the the uh, algorithm takes a little while to work its wonders, but it was it was a painful first couple of days of just like, well, we're gonna throw you the things we think people generally like, which was um, g- girls just dancing, <laughs> pranks, <laughs> yep, and. I guess just food, which like I'm good with the food ones, so that that one well, sticks it's, it's stuck like, around. It, it takes your age, right? So it's like you're a 28, yeah. 27 yeah. year old male, mm-hmm. and then it tries to throw things at you that 28, 27 year old males generally like. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not a normal 27 year old male. Like, thank you, but like, I don't, I'm not into that. Like Oddly, just, no soccer content yet. So maybe, maybe that's a space for us to get another social media account that we will uh, underutilize. But you know what is a soccer type of content, though? Oh, wait, I don't know. Actually, can you tell me? Touchline takes. Touchline takes. Welcome back, folks. Um, we're just like the office. We do cold opens now. Apparently, um, we're back with another episode. It's been a wild One week since you looked at me. No. Two two weeks two weeks since you since looked we, at us or heard, heard us heard our voice. You something, can call something. us the, the, the bare naked men. Two weeks since we wasted some data on your Spotify right. account. Unless you're listening on Wi-Fi, then thank yeah. you. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're back. Uh, it's been a wild couple weeks for the the yeah. soccer world here in the United States and and beyond. Mm. Um. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. So we're gonna talk U.S. Open Cup uh there's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun we're glad it's back um you know mls teams are starting to get involved so it's getting spicier and then we're we're gonna we were talking a little bit about uh what's going on in europe before we started recording here but we're gonna we're gonna make our way back over the pond to talk a little european footy as the seasons are kind of coming to a close there and there's been a, a couple surprises and you know unfortunately a couple of the leagues have just trended the way that they've been trending for the past, I don't know, decade or so. But uh, there's been some surprises, so we'll get into those. But uh, we're going to start off with the U.S. Open Cup, which has been a joy. Uh, all the it's games been have fantastic. been available on ESPN+. Plus. There's been a couple hiccups, but for the most part, it's gone perfectly. Um, I actually saw Carl on Twitter, I think. Um, shit. Uh I think I saw that yesterday. Somebody was like, oh, I didn't even realize all the games have been on ESPN+. Plus. I just found out last night. I'm like, dude. And if they weren't on ESPN+, clearly Plus, has not, they were on yeah, YouTube. They clearly on has not YouTube. been listening to Touchline Takes because um, we no, don't go an episode without giving a non-sponsored endorsement of ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> no, we, you should have dropped the link right below the, in the comment or quote tweeted it and been like, hey, sure. take, t- take a listen. Like, if you miss any of the games, hey, listen to us. Like, a shameless plug, but like a plug that's yeah. no shame at all. I feel no shame doing that. Well, I think ESPN should just hire us. You know how, like, CBS, uh, I think you've, point, you've sent me a couple clips or you've just told me you're watching the Golasso show yeah. on CBS because it's like mm-hmm. a, they do like a nice recap. Um, and you know, like they'll do like the multicast thing, especially during like the champions league where they'll be watching multiple games at a time and talk about it. That's what ESPN should do with us for like USL and open cup stuff. Exactly. Like we will, we will do it for like nothing. No, in I, comparison to what they're paying. It will, exactly. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll start at a low level yeah. and then yeah. we'll work our way up. Like I mean, like yeah. one hundred eighty thousand a year isn't that bad of a number to start at, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they'd call it. Like ESPN TT. ESPN touchline takes. I don't. I don't. We're gonna have to work on that one. I mean, they've they've already got programming for like Syria, Premier League. 
you know, Football Americas, which I think Hercules Gomez and Sebastian Salazar, I think those Sebastian are the guys. Sebastian Salazar, that's yeah, it. yeah, they they do a, they do a good job of like acknowledging that mm-hmm. USL exists, which is nice. But um, the, you know what's funny though? You, you know what I love, and I, I might get some shit for this if people are listening and mm. they find my address. But like, all the big soccer pundits now are starting to tweet about USL when yep. they upset a MLS club. It's like, where have you been yeah. for the last like three seasons? Not mentioning a single word about USL. But now that we're in the US Open Cup, and I shouldn't be upset about that. Like, I shouldn't gatekeep USL like that because what we want to do, obviously, is bring right. it exposure. Like, we want people talking about it. We want the big soccer pundits finally realizing, oh, shit, like this, you know, second division, and I do air quotes with second division of U.S. you know professional U.S. soccer good point. good point is you know actually competitive. It's actually yep. fun to watch. There's talent at this level, and I feel like a lot of times you know with those bigger U.S. soccer pundits, they don't acknowledge that, and I I am glad to see it happening now. Yeah, no, and I think I like I don't know who it was. I mean, my gut wants to say Alexi Lalas, which you know wouldn't be far from probably some of the things he said but i saw a tweet about the the gulf between uh u.s like lower league and mls stadiums and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't think you've been paying attention because i think what they were trying to talk about was how detroit had a really old stadium but first of all that's one of the best atmospheres in lower league soccer and it's a cool stadium and they've done a great job with like the um the shipping containers as like the the suites slash like a food area right you know and there's there's plenty of other great modern stadiums as well too like louisville you know we've talked about their stadium and how much we love that uh which correct me if i'm wrong but didn't they host the last nwsl championship as well they did they did yeah and you know how much i love the rowdy stadium like dude there's there's so many. Let's not talk shit up about lower league stadiums. Come and, and on. It, and it's so funny that they, they talk shit about that and they, they, you know, criticize lower league soccer stadiums when the New England Revs play at Gillette Stadium. And I mean, that place uh, looks fucking empty every single yeah. match. Yeah. And how many games have NYCFC played at uh, Yankee Stadium this year? Yeah, where the pitch is even the right dimensions. Like yeah. you're you're giving you're giving USL and lower league soccer so much shit. Where you know, granted, some of them do still play on baseball fields or you know other fields, but some mm-hmm. of these stadiums, like you know, we talk about the Switchbacks, their new stadium all the time, Louisville, Great Tampa stadium. Bay, yeah. like these places have really nice venues to host their games. Yeah, and I mean, like I, I saw um, some pictures from. Charlotte's most recent game um, of the MLS, Charlotte FC, and like you know they're only using the the lower bowl, and it kind of mm-hmm. like yeah they packed it, and there were probably a good amount of people there considering it's an NFL stadium, but it still looks weird when you know half the stadium itself is still empty. But anyways, that's a whole thing tangent that you know will go down if if we give ourselves the the chance. Um, but yeah, so what have what have your takeaways so far been from the Open Cup? What kind of um, what kind of vibes have you been getting from Twitter and and just the general news? Other than you know maybe some more people talking about it. I think my I mean first of all I'm so happy this is back and we've talked about this for for a while because it's been what like two years three years something like that yeah I think since, 2019 was 2019 one. since we last had like a U.S. Open Cup competition and then obviously then I don't. Maybe because I'm more in the bubble than I was now. I like I do feel like it does have more eyes, and maybe that's yeah. either because of ESPN or because of other soccer pundits, or maybe I'm just biased now. But I think you know, going into it, for me, my biggest thing was like, okay, this is a great measuring stick. You know, we know where the MLS mm. is. We understand where the MLS has gone in the last five to ten years. Yeah. But now I think we're really starting to see, especially at, you know, within the USL, where the USL has gone in the last five, you know, to 10 years, like, you know, how the competitive nature and can they compete with these MLS clubs? And I think, quite frankly, like our answer has been a flat out yes. Well, I think even, um, you know, you can take it even one step further than that. Like we're, we're seeing 
what the divisional structure really means when you compare the USL one teams to the USL championship teams. Uh, I think exactly. as a percentage of teams that entered the US open cup, I think USL one has a higher percentage of their still participating, which is, which is wild. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as of, as of right now, if we just want to go based off of the US open cup, you could say that the USL one is really only a league to just kind of lower your operating costs. It doesn't have that much to do with how competitive your on-field product is. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't a club just do that this year? Or was it from League 1 to League 2? Or was it from Championship uh, to League Charlotte 1? Charlotte dropped down. Charlotte That's right. That's right. That's what it Fo- was. Kind of following North Carolina uh, FC as well. That's right. But yeah, so. no, I... I totally agree with that because i just i mean the richmond kicker is still kicking around right like i mean um like there is in you know this last round orlando city only beat tampa bay by one goal um forward madison was tied at the break with minnesota uh you know hartford athletic only lost to the red bulls two to one like the only one from the last round of games that was really a blowout Two of them, maybe LAFC over Orange County five to one, and Atlanta mm-hmm. United over Chattanooga six nothing. Yeah, those were really the only two blowouts that we we sort of really saw. Like San Diego, like this was last week, but San Diego only lost one nothing to LA Galaxy. Like mm-hmm. all these games are competitive. All these games are like they're there. You know, they're playing them tough, and you know the. I just the biggest thing and you know the most incredible thing was watching you know this past week Detroit City beat Columbus two to yeah. one the same Detroit City that was in Nisa last year you know like they're beating the Columbus crew who's a perennial powerhouse in the MLS you know has they've won multiple championships within the last decade I I'm just blown away man like I I have no words for it well and I think uh, I think a common and I think this kind of goes with with a lot of other, uh, you know, victories in sports is that, well, it was the B team. It was the B team that was in there. And uh, look, sure, you can make that argument all you want, but it does not change the fact that your team lost in a cup competition. And when you don't have to worry really about promotion and relegation and the playoff structure lends itself so favorably to just doing mediocre and, and making the playoffs, then I don't care. You should be playing for this trophy as well. It like it, it's why wouldn't you? Right. Exactly. No. Like it. it it's. I don't know. I, it, that argument kind of gets under my skin as well because you know it's every game should matter. Every competition should matter. And and maybe you know that's the. USSF's fault for kind of sliding yeah. the U.S. Open Cup. Well, the money isn't great. Number the money is not great. That that is one thing that I I don't know. They need a sponsor or someone to come in and say I think because I think right now the the winner gets three hundred k something like that. Um, you know, That's plus obviously. Money. Yeah, it's it's really not a lot for for MLS, MLS teams though, which yeah, I think is true. a problem. I think at a certain point you've got to find a sponsor sell it sell it i mean i know that uh you know we've talked a lot about how it's not marketed well that could be a selling point too you know like this is a great competition that could be marketed extremely well uh david versus goliath all over the place i mean think about how much people like the march madness aspect of a you know lower league seed playing a a higher you know seed like Mm -hmm. there's just so much opportunity to market this thing and if you can buy the rights cheap you know just make a decent it's, a, it's an investment. prize pot yeah it's a, you don't have to investment exactly so i think you know if you just make it you know a, maybe a mill or a couple mill if you win that's a huge that's... opportunity and and i think there already is a concave champions league spot included if you win right so and that's more money right there so and i mean I, i'll say this right now i'm i'm gonna put my neck out there i'm gonna make a prediction i think this is the u.s open cup competition that's gonna sort of change the competition for years to come yeah. i feel like what we're seeing right now with you know the increase in exposure the upsets you know sort of the more obvious signs that that measure you know that those leagues are a lot closer together, you know, on a competitive level than I think we originally thought. 
I think more eyes are going to look towards this, you know, and be like, okay, maybe this is something we should invest more money into. Maybe this is something we should invest more, you know, attention towards. Because at the end of the day, and, you know, this should be a lot of, you know, USSF's sort of mindset is we want to grow the game of soccer here in the United mm-hmm. States. It isn't to look out for your little MLS, you know, owners and friends. It isn't any of that. It's to grow I think it, I think the it game. is for them, but the for the USSF, it, it shouldn't be. It, it should be. be about just growing the game in general. I mean, and as much as it sucks, a lot of their money comes from, you know, all these membership fees, uh, you know, for whether it's youth clubs or this and that. So right. if you can grow the game, you can grow enrollment in programs like that. Mm-hmm. So... It should be to their benefit, but hey, man, let's uh, let's get into it. So, we need to take stock of the the cup sets that did happen. You mentioned Detroit okay. City over over uh, Columbus, right? But we we got a couple others. It it wasn't just um, it wasn't just Detroit City that pulled off the the unthinkable uh, on that very same night. So that was April nineteenth for those uh, keeping score at home. Uh, we also Bingo. had. Union Omaha that uh, pulled it out over Chicago Fire. Wow. And that was one that went the penalties. Quite a few of these games have gone to penalties. They've all been um, close. And I think one of the one of the more surprising ones from uh, last night, actually, was our Rochester, New York FC uh, over, <laughs> over FC Motown. So FC Motown, I believe, other than uh, North Carolina Fusion, was the last like open division team. Uh, amateur team that made right. it to this round, and uh, <laughs> that was a that was a weird game. So Rochester went down to nine men in extra time. Somehow held on. I believe their bench got a red card during extra time as well. Went to penalties, and then they they ended up pulling it off. So if if you've ever thought you can't do it with nine men, that proved it. But but yes. Yeah, so Union Omaha. Did uh did get it the the cup set over Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, Detroit did it the same night over Columbus. So that's two MLS teams that were eliminated that night, uh, and then I believe I can't remember because we were talking about this before the podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, San Antonio did pull a pull a uh, cup set off as well against dude. Why am I blanking right now? Uh, uh, Austin. Austin, Austin, yeah, yeah. All right, so all right, cool. all right. And I've actually seen a lot of uh, Austin fan. There's like a split in the Austin fan groups. Some are like, you know, pulling the B team thing, like I said, which is not really true. I think they had six or seven starters out there, including Diego Fagundas. Right. Um, Oops. And then there's half of them who are like, you know what? We need to do better. We we should have you know, really taken this seriously. It looked like it was a good crowd. Yeah, it looked like there was a good crowd there, and I mean, it's it's an in-state rivalry. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's San Antonio Austin. Like it's yeah. it's just it's a lot more of sort of bragging rights than anything. And I think we're it was funny we were talking about the other day or not the other day right before we started this yeah. podcast um, because you know San Antonio is going to play Houston in the next round, and we're like, well, if San Antonio wins this, like. Can we really start maybe considering them like the best team in Texas? Like yeah. question mark? Like Yeah, I mean obviously there will still be you know the the lack of them playing FC Dallas, but right. uh, I guess it's a it's a possibility. Um but yeah, it, it's it's definitely cool. Uh it's too bad that El Paso Locomotive are not uh performing as well as they were last year. Mm-hmm. So that would be another fun player to see within this competition. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think we're going to have to reconsider. And that's what's cool about states like uh, California and New York, who have so many teams amongst the different levels where, you know, this cup really brings out those rivalries and, and makes you mm-hmm. kind of question who really does have supremacy within the state. Right. Um, we also had Northern Colorado Hailstorm with, I believe, their very second win as a professional club uh, beating Real Salt Lake. So uh, Northern Colorado Hailstorm continuing the trend of USL League One clubs really taking off uh, and and knocking out an MLS team. That's crazy. That that, that a- one that one like blew my mind. Like when I saw the final score of that, I was like, whoa! Because they, they did had- you see the goal, dude? 
they just I, like it was played a, with them. It was a it banger. Was, it was a banger, man. And it just like wow. I I was just in, in looking at the numbers too. Uh, I mean, Real Salt I think Lake it was a had, volley actually from uh from Robert Cornwall. It was and Real Salt Lake sixteen shots, but only two on target. You know what I mean? Like it's sixty one percent possession. Like quality over quantity, baby. Quality that's all it takes. Quantity, what, that's all, Colorado all had matters. five. Yeah, no five, and only one shot on target, but the one shot on target, that's obviously, all that's, that's all you need, need is that one goal. I ha- um, I saw a tweet, um, which I, I'm I need to start like screenshotting these because we we call ourselves Touchline Takes. We started a little thing where we were like, all right, you got to come with three takes, and we were trying to come up with the takes ourselves. I've realized now there's just a wealth of takes out there on Twitter every day that we just need to start screenshotting and bringing. Um, I saw one. Oh, man, let me let go. me open this up. I've got Let's a screenshot it. of it, and it was uh, <laughs> uh. Well, I've actually I screenshot too. There was one. I'm not going to name the person just for their own sake, but it was uh, Northern Colorado hailstorm looking like an MLS expansion, <laughs> like <laughs> off of the one goal highlight. <laughs> Fantastic. Just, I mean, look, uh, you know. Obviously, we love USL, but there's there's certainly a gulf in uh, quality between MLS teams and USL. I just thought that was pretty funny to base that entire opinion off of one goal. But yeah, yeah, no co. Um, that's no, that's what I'm going with because I'm not going to say their no whole freaking name code. anymore. Nor, it sounds like an '80s like rock band. Like no co. Yeah. No. <laughs> or just hailstorm. Like hailstorm. Hailstorm. Just... hailstorm is a band, isn't it? Hailstorm's a band. Is it? I think Hailstorm's a band. All right, to Google we go. To Google we go. I'm almost positive Hailstorm's a band. Hailstorm, I mean, it's got to be a band somewhere. Uh, It's an American rock band from uh, Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Founded in 1997. We do have a Spotify, so we're going to do some quick research real quick. Because Northern Colorado could have... uh, could have their own you know music here stop it like they could have oh. their theme song oh dude no actually you are right and they have quite a few plays like they've got a song with 124 million one with 50 yeah. million however it's spelled Hip- differently it's Hip- h-a-l-e oh okay yeah Shoot. because i i thought hailstorm they were like a paramore type of band kind of looks like that yeah. i mean just from the their their cover picture here not to say I know what their music sounds like. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's get so, let's get back on track. Let's get back so, on track here, Carl. So soccer clubs with a band name are so far undefeated in the U.S. Open Cup. Fantastic. That's true. We're we're stretching the truth a little bit on that statement, but uh, um, we'll, would you we'll call this one? It. Would you call this one an upset? Louisville City over St. Louis to. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, a lot of people have said, well, it's a MLS caliber team. I don't think it's quite an MLS caliber team. Like, they've, right. they've got some journeymen from uh, USL. But, um, sure, I mean, we can call it that. I think a draft pick's been playing for them as well. Right. Uh, I, I still think it's a, a cup set in a way. You know, it's it's there's going to be a rivalry between those two leagues. Right. Um, granted, USL championship uh, versus... D3, USL Championship D2, once again in quotes, right. uh, versus MLS Next Pro D3. So kind of, but not really. It's weird. Yeah, I was Another thinking about that. Another one that went into penalties, though, right? Another one that went into penalties. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking all through this. Uh, Cali- California, Cal United Strikers, man. They're, they're still <laughs> kicking around. They're getting favorable draws um, up until, they're the only uh, NISA team that are left in the U.S. Open Cup, yeah. um, which is, I mean, they're in the round of 32. Like, that's that's impressive. Like, you know, like, to take nothing away, even if they haven't played an MLS club yet, haven't really had, you know, the top-line competition like other clubs have been facing, like, they're still, they're making it work, and they get the uh, LA Galaxy next round. So, um, I guess you, you go from zero to a hundred real quick, um, in the U S open cup with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah like, uh, what life comes it? at you fast. Life this, comes this at you very fast. Um, inter Miami, they didn't win until the 83rd minute over Miami FC, like in Miami SC 
drew a record crowd to that game. I think they had like twelve thousand people at the game or something like that. Really? That's what they. Um, that's what they said. I actually, yeah. I did not catch that one at all. Yeah, the um, uh, they played at the Florida International Florida International. Yeah, that's that's University their stadium. stadium. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the, I don't know if I know Ricardo Silva had been sponsoring that. I don't know if it's still the Ricardo Silva whatever stadium. Oh, the okay. Miami FC owner. Yeah. Oh, um, interesting. Let's see. Do they have that information about the attendance on here? I, I oh thought, yeah, dude. I yeah, you're right. Yeah. Eleven thousand one hundred fifty-eight. Like... <laughs> wow. Yep. yep. It's weird what sticks with you when you're just you know blindlessly scrolling through Twitter. Yeah, of all things, Carl was like, "Oh damn. <laughs> oh damn. Oh That's, damn. Somebody, it's... somebody's attending games in my in actual Miami, not Fort Lauderdale." Right. Exactly. Where Inger plays. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So we're, we're, we we kind of got through the upsets here, and you mentioned some of the the future games that are uh, yet to be played. Um, I will just make a quick note on two things before we move on to those. One, uh, my Tampa Bay Rowdies did lose uh, a, a very big grudge match against Orlando. Um, some of you may know that back in the day when both were lower league teams, there was a fierce rivalry. Uh, granted, it was mostly a preseason rivalry where they had a cup mm-hmm. that they would play against each other. And uh, Orlando really kind of, I'll be honest, um, they won a lot of those. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, now they're an MLS team, so there's a gulf in resources. Um and they did still pull off the win, but Tampa Bay put up a fight, uh, scoring in the 65th minute. Who else than uh, Lucky Mikosana? Of course. So it was a good game. Um, unfortunately, it looked like the attendance there was pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, it those is what mid- it is. Those midweek games are hard sometimes. They are hard. They are hard. I know there was a bus that uh, went from Tampa Bay to the game. So they got some of uh, Ralph's mob, the Tampa Bay supporters group, on. Uh, all on the bus together to go there. So that was pretty cool. Uh, And then the other note I wanted to make was one that you had actually pointed out to me about uh, the Louisville City game versus St. Louis City 2. The final penalty of the night that won Louisville the game was by Joshua Wonder, who is only 16 years old. So the heroes come in all all shapes and sizes in this competition. Ages. And ages, yeah. And Shape, ages. size, ages, uh, a level of inspiration. He could be a left handed. All of the too. above. Could be. Never know. So, Never know. Uh, we have a whole slate of games coming up in this next round. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, you had like California United Strikers will be playing um, LA Galaxy. So, that's, you know, that's one good game there. Uh, a lot of MLS versus MLS. So you got yeah. Orlando City playing Philly, DC United, New York Red Bulls. Uh, let's see if there's any other ones that I Sporting Kansas City, FC Dallas, Los Angeles LAFC playing Portland Timbers, um, New England Revolution, Cincinnati, National mm-hmm. Soccer Club versus Atlanta United, Minnesota versus Colorado Rapids. And Seattle Sounders versus San Jose Earthquakes. So a lot of MLS versus MLS, which, I mean, that does give the opportunity for USL teams to advance. Like Detroit City is playing Louisville. Mm-hmm. That'll be an awesome, awesome game. That'll be a lot um, of fun. Union Omaha playing Northern Colorado Hailstorm. So USL won reckoning right there. Uh, what's another exciting one? Richmond Kickers versus Charlotte. That'll be a good regional rivalry, which they still, for the most part, are right now. I mean, the regions are right. getting a little expanded. but And then uh, Sacramento versus Phoenix Rising. I think... Anything? Oh, and, sorry, Houston versus San Antonio. We mentioned that earlier, right. though. I think there, there's an interesting storyline with the Union Omaha, isn't there? Because wasn't it a few... They only became a club, like, what was it, a few years ago or something like that? Yeah, and they then did they end up winning USL League One last year? I think so. Uh, yeah, they, so. they were. Yeah, they were. For, I mean, they were top of the table and they won the the championship. So, and they were founded in 2019. So they've had a pretty good run already. And, and it's really interesting, and it, you know, it's sort of a point I think we've alluded to on a lot of our podcasts, but never really actually like 
discussed a lot was, you know, because Omaha, like, and for you, those of you who don't know your geography, Omaha's in Nebraska. And yeah. when you think about Nebraska, you don't think about soccer. You, you think don't, Warren Buffett. You, you think Warren Buffett. You think, you know, corn. And you don't really, you know, think of anything that's sort of like professional sports. And the fact they've been able to build a successful club in Omaha, Nebraska, and it's another one of those weird, like you mentioned with the hailstorm, it's not like Omaha, I guess, is a city, but like, it's not like... I guess is a city. (laughs) (laughs) Our three listeners and three people who live in Omaha, Nebraska are going to email me after this and find my house. Um... But no, like, you, you get what I'm saying. We'll like, show you who's a real city. <laughs> we'll show you who's the real city. Carl out here living in Cleveland doesn't even have a professional <laughs> soccer team. Oh, my God. Here we go. No, but, like, it's just, I think, more than anything, my point I'm trying to allude to taking the long way and probably taking the offensive way to people in Omaha is there. there's excitement. There's, you know, enjoyment of the game everywhere in this country everywhere Mm -hmm. and i you know to see a club like union omaha not only have success but have a strong following and have continued success just it it speaks so many levels to how the game is growing in this country yeah well and another another good um while you're at it i mean another team that's done quite well for itself in this competition uh that kind of comes from a humble area i would say is uh uh tormenta who are going to be playing um, in, sorry, South Georgia, Tormenta, who play out of Statesboro, and they're going to be playing Inter-Miami. So, um, and I think, if I remember correctly, like, Statesboro is about 30,000 people, so mm-hmm. pretty small place. Uh, it does benefit from having a college there. I totally forgot what college is there, but I think it's fairly sizable. So they benefit right. from having some students there, but it's it's still a pretty small. I mean, they, they generally pull about 1,000 to a little more than that um people a game but they have both a men's and a women's side i believe they have already committed to the w league so mm-hmm. we're seeing soccer pop up in small places and uh, this is a great competition for them to get noticed we're loving it we are loving the open we're, cup we're mcdonald's we're loving it right um i want to have a little fun right now though so we're Ooh, gonna I take a hoping i think <laughs> you're doing what i think you're doing so okay. keep going Okay, I wanna I want us to take a look at this list, and I want us to pick what match we think is gonna be an upset. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. We're awful at picks, and we proved that. Last yeah, we year. are. We're terrible. Yeah. We're not gonna post this anywhere so that you know it's easier for us to get outed. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna go any MLS versus MLS because I I don't think that really makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. I I am gonna go San Antonio over Houston. Houston's kind of off and on. Um, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I I cannot say California United Strikers are gonna be LA Galaxy. I don't think there's any room for that to really be, dude. I you know what? As much as I've been shitting on uh, Rochester New York FC, I would I would love to see them. Be I would NYCFC. love them to be. But I don't like. I was sitting here looking at that. Or, uh, <laughs> And I was like, do I have the balls to do that? Do I have no, the balls dude, to call that know. one After up? going down to nine men and barely beating an amateur side. I But that that's has a beautiful game, right? Like, yeah. that happens. But uh, I'm going to go Tormenta over Inter-Miami. Okay. I think okay. Torment, I think I like Tormenta over Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami has their sort of uh, flaws, to say the least. Um, and I think that's a that could be very much a trap game for them um yeah and we'll, we'll see that's that's i like that though i like i do like san antonio as well um richmond kickers I, I there's a lot of chances at upsets like i i could see the kickers beating charlotte too so um, but you're not you're not what's your do you have a concrete one though that you're going with tormenta over inter miami okay that's, that's the my concrete one okay. that's my official and i'm going in. san antonio and right. I'm, I'm locking that one in i'll remember uh, this and then I'm pulling us both into the Rochester, New York over New York City FC. We're going to call that. It's not going to happen, but we're going to call it anyways. We're just going to call it so if it does happen, we can be right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we look really cool if we do, and I'm going to have to retract some statements on Twitter about the club. I don't know. I've just been – I've been having a hard time with, with Rochester, New York FC. It just – it doesn't – I don't – it doesn't sit right with me that they, no. they you know, got rid of their history but still try to claim the history. Uh, so far, I think they've been playing at, like, a college stadium, and I don't think they've been – from what I've heard, the attendance has not been great. So not doing a lot of the Rhinos legacy, uh, a lot of justice. So, um, but okay, that wraps up the U S open cup. I think for us, Carl, um, what's going on in Europe, man, let's, oh, let's head over the pond. Let's, let's get a little me... break from lower league and MLS soccer. You're going to make me relive all the nightmares. You know, this yeah, is, let's, let's talk this... about your favorite thing, Carl Tottenham Hotspur, the thing that gives you love, the thing that, uh, makes you cry uh man this is the point in the season like to begin the season you know there's so much hope and Mm. i was like you know what like i like this i like the new no higher i'm like here we go and then everything just sucked just sucked the life out of me and then we got conte and i'm like yeah here we go this is a big hire we started off shit got better got better you know, we went on a great run, scoring three or four goals a game. And then all of a sudden, we lose to Brighton. And now, you know, there, there's the chance at the Champions League, but I'm like, I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, I don't want to get my hopes up. It's, but my hopes are up. My, my hopes are way up here. And I think, you know, if we don't make Champions League, I don't that's think a, Conte that's a typical, stays. I feel like that's a very typical Spurs fan thing to say, like, yeah. I don't believe it all, but my hopes are sky high. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's going to happen. I'm ready for disappointment. You know, I'm ready to be hurt. Like, they always hurt me, but my yeah. hopes are sky high. So, uh, Spurs right now, as of the time of this podcast, they are level on points, uh, but are currently in fourth. So, they're level on points with Arsenal, both oh, on 57 yeah. right now. Um, they have what a plus eight goal differential over right. over arsenal so yeah. it's uh it's very close um as it stands thanks to my liverpool uh manchester united are have uh, are at 33 games whereas arsenal and tottenham are at 32 and they're sitting at mm-hmm. 54 so it's looking like it is going to be a race between um spurs and arsenal for that for that fourth spot um although if if chelsea was to slip up there is a shot at that becoming a, a three-way race for those those last yeah, two spots. Chelsea's only played 31 games, though, so it would yeah. have to be a pretty big slip up by Chelsea, which they've been known to do late in the seasons. Um, but no, Tottenham and Arsenal actually have a match coming up. When is it? It's a makeup match. Um, May 12th. May 12th. That, okay. May 12th. That is a makeup match. So the North London Derby, which is. Where is it going to be? It's at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, that's going to be a big one. That's that's the big one right there. Um, Tottenham also have, you know, they Tottenham really need that win because they also play Liverpool in their final games, yep. and I just don't see them beating Liverpool. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, even I've been, as a Liverpool fan, surprised by the resilience of Liverpool right now. I'm not going not gonna to talk about them for a second because I, I actually am going to talk about our, our arch enemy, bitter rival, um, because they're in a bit of an odd spot right now. Everton Football Club are oh. sitting in 17th right now. They do have a game in hand on um, the, the bottom three, but they are only one point ahead of Burnley right now, uh, mm-hmm. sitting a comfortable seven points ahead of Watford. So it's really only a, a, a battle between Burnley and Everton right now, and I know there's a lot of nervous Everton supporters out there that are really hoping to avoid the drop. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, they're, they're only on 31 games right now. Uh, Leeds are ahead of them in, with having played 32 games, sitting on 33 points. So, it's going to look tough from here on out for Everton. Obviously, European football is way out of the question. So, we're, we're not even going to um, contemplate that. But this is sort of the, the, the you know, what we talk about, the risk of having promotion and relegation and the excitement right. that that means for teams who are in the bottom of the table uh, whether it's, you know, it's not necessarily positive excitement, but it's excitement nonetheless and a reason to continue to watch your team. I, I think in like the era of like the, the Barclays Premier League, like is this still the Barclays Premier League or did they change the... I have no... I mean, I never see... I think 
Barclays still sponsors them, but I but never they don't see call that branding it. anymore. I, yeah. I think like I saw something like in the era of the Premier League, like Everton's one of like a handful of clubs that have never been relegated. Obviously, yep. you have the biggest ones, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United, who have never been relegated. And I think Everton's in that list as well, where, you know, that could be big. That's that's crazy. Just to kind of. I know. Uh, I know it's uh, and, and like it, for, and for it's Everton, a weird thought. And for I mean, Everton, I remember when people were talking about Arsenal and that, like, because Arsenal was really poor. It was last year, yeah, towards the beginning of the season, but uh, that never really panned out because towards the the you know second end of the second part of the season, they had climbed their way back up. But yeah, they Everton eighth. is a yeah, it's looking like it could be a reality for them. And and are they gonna be like you know a QPR or you know? Some some club like that who they spend decades down in. I don't know. I mean, they've already spent a lot of money as it stands. I saw a net spend chart the other day, and I think they do rank in the top. Uh, it was like top ten of the of European clubs in the top five leagues for for net spend over the last uh, decade or so. So they've spent a lot of money. You know, they brought in Carlo Ancelotti, who just left them to go to Real Madrid. Um, I don't know if they've just gotten unlucky or their scouting team is not what it should be. Um, but I think they definitely have made some poor signings that have led to them not having a cohesive team. So uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll continue to monitor that. And me as a Liverpool supporter, uh, I would definitely be monitoring that. Uh, but on the other end of the table, we have Manchester City and Liverpool. Neck and neck, dude. I did not think it would be this way. I think it was about a 10-point difference between them. At Christmas time, right and now for it to be to one, uh, with one match left to play between the two, which do I they really like have? May. They have one more match to play. Oh no, wait, never mind. What no. am I saying? No, they don't. Um, okay, I was gonna say that's crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Rangers and Celtic because I've been following the Scottish <laughs> okay. Premier League as well. They've got another one to play, but yeah, one that's point cool. left, one point between them. Uh, they're both on 32 games, so six left to play, 24, nope, 18 points, if my math's correct. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of room for error between either of them, and I think they're both on pace for like mid-90s for points again, which is insane that they've been able to maintain that pace over like three or so years, three yeah. or four years. It, it's, it's, it's really insane. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it... <laughs> Manchester City and Liverpool it's just like it's its what you know as a Tottenham fan I dream I aspire my team to be yeah. because like even as a Liverpool fan and Manchester City fans before they're bought out by entire country um, mm-hmm. know that as well but like li- like as a Liverpool fan like you went through stretches of you know Brendan yeah. Rodgers as when the coach I, literally and- when I first started following them because um, I will say like I was vaguely uh, aware of them probably I don't know, like 2010, 2011, uh, because that must have been right around the time Fenway Sports Group bought them. I think so, yeah. And uh, like I remember starting to see some of them on on TV as a kid, like because they were on the there's the New England Sports Network, which is I think Nessun. also owned by John Henry. Right. So they would they would play a couple games. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean I I definitely started following them when they were not doing well. Uh, it's kind of like the tail end of the Brendan Rodgers era. Uh, but yeah, so um, anyways, yeah, no, it's 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 quite the turnaround. It's amazing that we've done it without spending as much as like Manchester United, Manchester City, um, even Everton, I think, as it stands. But yeah, um, but you know, Carl, actually, as much as the top of the table in Premier League is looking interesting, I am astounded, and I think I tweeted this out, by the competition in Serie A right now. It's Absolutely crazy. nuts. Absolutely nuts. The two Milan clubs are um, neck and neck. Right. Milan's on uh, 33 games, 71 points. Inter, 32 games played, 69 points. Nice. Uh, and Napoli is sitting in third with 33 games played and 67 points. And Juve has clawed its way back. 33 games played, 63 points. Um, a competitive Serie A. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Wow. And it's, it's like the first year, too, that, you know, the exposure of it. I mean, it was on ESPN, I think, last year and the last few years. 
but like now with like CBS and like CBS has poured a lot of like you know sort of attention and money into sort of promoting Syria yeah and like it's definitely paid off like and I mean like when we've talked about this briefly in other podcasts but like how amazing is it to see Mulan like back on top like yeah. who would have thought that between Manchester United and Milan like AC Milan would be the ones to rise again from the ashes and Manchester United would still be sort of in the dumpster of I know it's it's been a it's been a weird year. I mean, like we can we can go all the way down this table here and it's there's a there's a story in each one of these clubs. Yeah. Um but you're right. I mean, particularly with Milan having uh brought back Zlatan Ibrahimovic after, you know, years in in uh in MLS and you know, he's still producing for them. Uh, having lost uh, uh, freaking what's his name, who's playing for for PSG now, their keeper, uh, Donnarumma. Donnarumma, yeah, yeah, Donnarumma. Um, I think they they lost Hakan Kalanagu to Inter. I want to say, I think so. Who was uh, fantastic for them, but still being able to to put it together. Um, they've got a freaking what's his name. Um, Rafael Leo scoring mm-hmm. nine goals, Zlatan Ibrahimovic on eight, and uh, good old Oliver Giroud, the handsome man, on uh, eight goals as well. I so totally it's been forgot he was in Milan. Yeah, it's been spread out really well. I think, um, like I, I really like Frank Hesse as well. Great player. That midfield's awesome. It is a good midfield. It's a good midfield, and um, yeah, dude, it's an uh, in Inter. A lot of people were worried, especially like when Conte left and uh romulo lukaku left that things were just going to fall apart there but they've been able to maintain um a high level of play i think in large part uh because of lutar yeah lutaro martinez has just continued to produce they've got jeco as well who is um just seeming like he is never going to slow down at 36 years old nope and uh yeah hakan kalanagu who is producing he's got seven goals eight assists so Serie A, as we've talked about, does seem to be the league that just keeps people alive. Not well, sure. It, it, it's <laughs> it, it's weird because you you look across all the you know we call them the the top leagues in Europe. You know Germany, Italy, France, Spain, England. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing any? I think that's it. Um, and you know. Between, I mean, you have Liverpool, Manchester City, and I think Portugal is actually very close to knocking France off of the the top five spot. Wow, that's, yeah, based that's on the impressive. coefficient, yeah, that's impressive. And so, like, but you just look at you know sort of the title race. You have Manchester City, Liverpool, but then in every other league except Italy, it's a runaway. You know, PSG's running away. Um, Bayern's running away. Real Madrid's back on top after their sort of lull last season. Yeah. Um, and I would say running away based on La Liga, you know. Yeah. No, most definitely. Goes. So um, to see like Syria, like, you know, and, and I know it has its flaws, like every league does. Um, but like if you want like some crazy competition every single weekend, like that's a league for you. Like, I mean, it, it's gone are the days I feel like of like the old Italian style, like professional football. That's very defensive and very, you know, I guess a lot of people nowadays would call it boring to watch. Like it's exciting. Like, you know, every single match has, you know, some sort of storyline. Like you said, every club this season has like some yeah. crazy storyline. Um, and there's yeah. been like a lot of like opportunities for, for clubs to swap places in Serie A. Like, you know, Milan's dropped the ball. Napoli's dropped the ball. Like no, like nobody's been perfect either. There's been a, there's no. been a healthy competition to see who can not be in first, but also compete you know like a couple weeks ago i I think like napoli was in first for like a week or something like that napoli's now in third like i mean it's just and like juve there were so many question marks around juve they sold two of their top players to tottenham you know they they brought in a striker from forentina who's been insane this season Um, i think pirlo's still in charge too and is he still in charge i Okay, yeah, let's let's fact check this. Fact I'm... check because I thought he got canned, but he might have not got canned. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I think he did get canned. 
I don't even know who's Dakota. Yeah, he was so dismissed in 2021. All right, forget that. Um, I was wrong, uh, which which tends to happen. Um, but yeah, you're good point. And I think they've also recently come under fire again for some um, shoddy financial dealings, which right. isn't a huge surprise. But the fact that they've been able to maintain composure and keep pressure on the the others in the top four is is impressive. And let's not forget Roma in fifth with uh, yours truly, Jose Mourinho. Yeah, at at the helm, who you know has he still been be happy there. He seems to be happy, which is weird because I I, I have questions because he never seems to be happy anywhere. So maybe yeah. He just what is likes, it about? Does he just like Rome? I'm, I don't maybe know. Italy, like he had he had a lot of fun at Inter. I yeah. mean, he he enjoyed time there. So maybe it's just Italy. Maybe it's the Rome lifestyle, laid back. It seems like a Jose type of city. I've never been to Rome, but it, it seems like Jose would really like Rome. So um, no, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Roma. Like. Atalanta, you know, has fallen out of like any sort of European competition, at least spot right now. And we love it as well because it seems to be all the Amer- a lot of Americans that are going to play in Italy to get exposure to European football too. So, yep. And even I mean, uh, you know, if you're if you're paying attention here to, you know, who owns all these teams, you've even got Fiorentina in 6, which is owned by who else but uh Rocco Comiso, who uh is the you know, much maligned owner of the New York Cosmos. So um, he's he's doing something right in Italy at the very least. It's hard not to do things right in Italy, though. I think yeah, just... You just put a little money into it. Ah, that's what you, you uh, got to do. Keep, you keep your players happy. You don't, you know, you don't want to see a mutiny occur. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's pretty much that in Europe. Um, the only other thing I would point you towards is there is a slight competition in Scotland. And normally I wouldn't really put this in contention with the, the top five leagues. Um, I, I am obviously a fan of the Scottish Premier League. Uh, but more importantly, what's up for grabs mm-hmm. is the first time in a long time Scotland has had an automatic Champions League group stage spot. Oh, wow. So it's looking like Celtic will will uh, grab that spot. Uh, they are currently five point or six points ahead of Rangers. I believe they have one match left to play each other, which is May first. Uh, that's at seven a.m. on May first, so that's a that's a good one that could cut the league the lead down to three points and really make that thing interesting. But yeah, so mm-hmm. the first uh, group stage spot for them coming up in quite a long time. Uh, and then also, just as a side note, Rangers have qualified for the semifinals of the Europa League, so potentially uh, they could <laughs> there could actually be two Scottish teams in the group stage of the Champions right. League, which I, I is can't just remember. Yeah, I can't remember madness. the last time we even talked about that. Like, yeah, because Celtic had failed to make the the Champions League group stage year after year. Mm-hmm. Rangers had their shot this year and couldn't get past Malmo. Uh, so yeah, dude, it's. That's uh, pretty wild. That would be but... a wild thing. Um... The, the, actually, you know, we don't have to talk Champions League because Champions League is looking fairly like, you know, many many other Champions Leagues. But the Europa League semifinals is actually kind of interesting. Did you, yeah. Have you we, s- seen we, the teams that are in that? We Let's see if I can do off the top of my head. We have Rangers. Yep. Um, we have, oh, Frankfurt from Germany? Uh, close. No. Um, well, yeah, no, you're right. Frankfurt. Yeah, sorry. Frankfurt. Um, yep. And then... You have another German team. You have another German team. Um, not Gladbach, right? Nope. No. Who's the other German team? Red Bull uh, Leipzig. Oh, Leipzig is there. Leipzig. Oh. And West Ham rounds West it out. Ham. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. West Ham. Right. Yeah, an interesting that little one, semifinal. I mean, West Ham's still, like, it, it's West Ham's a weird club, like, where the last few years they've been sitting between that 5, 6, 7 spot of, like, the Premier League. Like, they've mm-hmm. been, like, floating in that sort of, and, I mean, they still have the same coach, don't they? What's his name? Um, he's been there. David Moyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been is doing David, pretty well. Has David Moyes still there? So, that's cool. Pretty sure he is. That's that's cool. West Ham's there, but I'd love to see Rangers win it. I know that's going to make you happy, but it would be. I, I think it's a tough ask, but uh, you know, after beating Braga and um, and Red Star Belgrade, and then before them, I believe Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me. Just they got the West Ham, right? So that's a big. They have no. They have a uh, uh, Red Bull. They so, have Red Bull. So, but Red Bull has not been great this year. Uh, so I am. Not. I. I mean, I think Red Bull Leipzig was in you know, the Europa League from the start, if I remember correctly. Right. What? Meanwhile, um, <laughs> Salzburg was the one that was in the Champions League. So, right. They're currently third in, in the Bundesliga on 54 points. So not a terrible year, but, you know, probably not as good of a year as they wanted by their standards. So No, no. We'll and see, I just, man. We will see. I can't wait for the Manchester City-Liverpool Champions League final um, Ooh, yeah. because that's, that's going to happen no matter what. And we all know, and it's going to be fun, and you're going to be happy that they're in the final and then hopefully happy after they potentially win the final. And I'm going to be disappointed because Tottenham's going to miss out on the Champions League. And then um, we're all going to have a range of emotions over the next month. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I. I'm I'm a little sad that we're playing Villarreal in the semis because, uh, you know, I I like I like the Don't fact that Villarreal made it this far. I know. I hope it's a close game for their sake, because uh, taking out Bayern was just magnificent. It was beautiful. Um, and I think Villarreal has a. Uh, don't they have current? Um, Una Emery. Yeah, is Unai Emery there? He is. Who apparently has evolved, and he is now oh, he loves not Spain. just not just a Europa League uh, expert, but like also a Champions League expert. I, and so. I love it too. And I like how you know Los Celso's you know doing well there. Right, your your Tottenham reject squad. Yeah, <laughs> my Tottenham reject squad's doing really well there in Villarreal. So um, go Yellow Submarines, um, and then hopefully. Uh, uh, Real Madrid. Uh, no, Real Ma- is it Real Madrid against City? Yep. Okay, that's going to be interesting because Real Madrid has definitely turned. I mean, Benzema's been on another level. Like right. Kareem Benzema's just. I have no words for this resurgence of a career in his mid thirties. So, but even Vinny um, has been fantastic. Rodrigo's been great. Right. I mean. Tons of stuff to be looking out for, man. Like, it, oh, yeah. it's just, you know, it doesn't stop. In Europe, you know, the league's starting down in Brazil and South America again. You got the mm-hmm. U.S. Open Cup. Like, Botafogo's been doing been okay so yeah, far. They've, they've been, they've been, been doing okay. After making their way up. Yeah, they, they've been doing okay. Palmatis has been weird in the league. They've been weird. They drew yeah. Flamengo. They lost to, uh, um, God, they lost their last match. I can't remember off the top of well, my head. Well, you're working on that. Uh, we we did a one of our first podcasts was we we did a, we we started a series that we have not come back to, but uh, where we discussed just we did a little overview of a league that maybe not too many people know about, which was Uruguay. Right. Uh, last I checked, top of uh, Uruguay's uh, league was uh, Deportivo Maldonado, which we talked about because they're fairly contentious. Uh, club because they had been used to sort of facilitate a lot of the third-party ownership deals, which have been um, kind of made famous by I think it was Mascareno and uh, Tevez mm-hmm. when they first came to like West Ham. There's a whole thing about that, but definitely look that up if you haven't heard about that. Right. But uh, yeah, and they had been in the the Segunda Division in Uruguay, and they're now in the Premier Division for like. The first time ever, and they're yeah, they're still sitting on top after nine games played, twenty two points. Second place is sixteen points, where the uh, perennial favorites Nacional and Penarol are sitting in six and seventh. So, keep your eyes on, eyes on that because that is a weird one. That is a really weird one. That would be a fun one to watch, especially down in South America. So yeah, um, but awesome man, like this. Wow. Like I went into this episode thinking like there's not much we got to talk about. We can only talk about two things, and then those two things are like some of the biggest things to discuss and i'm i'm just really happy you know the u.s open cup is doing so well like this mm-hmm. is exactly what i could have hoped and dreamed um good vibes a lot of good vibes a lot of good vibes a lot of upsets which is the beauty of the cup you know what? Yeah. it's the absolute beauty of the cup it's u.s open cup magic in the air 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 mm-hmm. so um of course guys please follow us if you don't already Twitter, Instagram, even though we don't post much, we'll post more, but we say that every time, so I don't know. <laughs> um, reach, reach, 
I can't get over it because I try sometimes so much to like post on like I get notifications and I'm like yeah I'll do it later I'll do it later I still yeah. don't know how Instagram works um, maybe since you started a TikTok we can get our Touchline Takes TikTok account oh yeah we'll we get should right do on that we should do <laughs> anyways guys I'm please. sure TikTok the algorithm is just dying to show people lower league soccer content <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine just swiping through TikTok yeah. and our faces come up. And we're just yeah, like, it's like, have you heard of Syracuse Pulse AC? <laughs> you're like, damn, it's pretty interesting TikTok. I'm gonna remix it. Right. And it's well, just I... that. And it's just a. Uh, uh. <laughs> or or we could do. There is the uh, the shanty. There is the shanty TikTok. There's a there's a whole TikTok for shan- like CC oh, shanty. Oh, there's a club down in Syracuse way a club that barely posted its roster they play in a college and they've had their games postponed and we're not going to talk about that because we don't know a lot of the details yet so maybe that's something we'll get to in a later date but man Nisa is interesting and sometimes you even get free pizza we love you guys it's another great episode of Touchline 2 clap it up see you later see ya